Welcome to the Modern Rustic. I'm Russell. I'm Zach. I'm Mike. We are a community-based podcast from the heart of the Fraser Valley, where we have classic conversations about our current culture and the impact we have on it. Welcome back, folks. We are live with Zach. Hi. And Mike. Hi. And Russell. Hi. We have just uh, been informed of the uh, building notoriety on the uh, anti-work movement and the subreddit involved with that. And we just watched the new Fox News interview on it. And um, what are our thoughts on that, Zach? Well, we're not going to talk about the interview. Right. Because it is a tightrope to walk. There's a lot going on. There's so many layers that are not worth getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I've been following the subreddit for a long time. Like, I mean, not a long time. It hasn't even been around for very long, I don't think. But, like, it got really popular over the last few months. I think especially with, like, with COVID and then COVID kind of, like taking a break for a little bit, people having to go back to work, being like, eh, maybe I don't want to go back to yeah, work Yeah, like the, the, the transition from working at home to, like, now things, yeah. are, things are open again kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. It, it's on people's minds, for sure. Like, people got a taste of what work, what, of what work-life balance could be, and now they're questioning, like, is it worth it to go back to the way things were? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <clears throat> I think there is... Not just an anti-work movement, but just a more generalized, less work movement and more uh, emphasis on family, more emphasis on free time, more emphasis on home life, uh, more emphasis on, hey, we should probably look at changing the five-day work week. Maybe there are better ways that we can address work and work culture. And, you know, especially with the, over the past two years, we've seen so many supply chain issues and people not being able to go to work because they've been, you have to isolate for two weeks or whatever it is. And there's these huge gaping holes in our economy and our industry that couldn't, can't be filled because we don't have enough people to work those jobs. But I think that, Evaluate reevaluating the the five day work week is probably something that should have been done a long time ago. Yeah, that's one. That's one of the first things when COVID happened. I think I'd say the first thirty days to the first sixty days that was kind of in the in the news and, and people Are you talking, about, like, talking about March twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That like one of the first things after everything kind of shut down and then only like essentials were kind of operating and then it was slowly reopening is that people were like, yeah, like well, how am I gonna do? what I was doing before from home or, or with, with these changes and, and regulations and stuff. And, you know, they, they had to come up with quick solutions. Mm-hmm. And I think those quick solutions have now kind of broadened the, the conversation to, well, now that we're kind of in a better place over, overall the, from the beginning, like what can we do to improve this to like kind of maintain some of the benefits that we got from from that. I think it also comes from the people who, like, again, starting from March 2020 going on until, like, the end of that year, um, who did have to work the entire time. And the almost the only people that had to work that entire time and were faced with, like, probably the most challenges 
were minimum wage workers. Mm-hmm. So the people who were well, forced... in emergency response. And essential yeah, yeah. workers as well. Sure, yeah. 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 But, like, the people... Yeah, so it's, like, I mean, nurses, obviously construction workers didn't really stop, but, like, like trades, frontline Trades people, were always going. Yeah, trades were going the whole time, but it was, like... It seemed like the vast majority of people who were who weren't allowed to change how they worked were the people who made the least amount of money. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're telling me that in a global crisis, I am one of the most important people, yet I'm still making the least amount of money that you could possibly legally pay me. Mm-hmm. Like there are things that are backwards about the way the relationship that we have with work that do need to change for sure, a hundred percent in my opinion. Like. Yeah, there are things that need to change. It, it definitely opens, I think, a lot of people's eyes to what is essential and what is a luxury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should probably go back because we should probably explain the anti-work movement before we get into just work in general. Sure, I mean, there's a lot of misconceptions about the movement. Well, <laughs> there are, there are, especially as of late. That was the opening line to the interview. That was yeah, Doreen's was first words. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I mean. I, yeah, I, 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 for me, I see it as a movement of a lot of people, especially uh, basically just North America, let's be honest, um, but they want to work the bare minimum to support themselves, and then all their other free time is spent on their own pursuits, essentially. Yeah. So they want a shorter work week, you know, whether that's 20 hours or 30 hours or 10 hours... I think, I mean, this could also just be my personal opinion as well. I'm fine working 40 hours a week. Mm. If I could work four 10-hour shifts, though, I would be way happier than I am right now. Yeah. You'd rather work four days, 10 hours, than eight, five than days, five eight, days eight, eight hours. hours. Yeah. 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 But I think it also goes to, like, p- people that are working, like, part-time jobs or jobs that only give them, like, 25 to 30 hours mm-hmm. guaranteed also feel like that should be enough to live on. Yeah. Right. I think, And I think that's a little bit from the interview. It seemed like... That's kind of what their point is, is that if if they're not making enough from that job, there should be some sort of uh, additional fun, funding that they're getting to maintain a, a, cer- a certain level basically of, of income. Like the anti-work movement is just people saying that like our relationship with work has to change. Like mm-hmm. they're not saying like everybody needs to quit their jobs and get free money from the government to sit around all day. That's not what they're saying. They're yeah. saying that like... There's probably some that are saying that. There's some that are saying that for sure. But I think that largely in part it's more hmm. our relationship with work yeah. and the western yeah, they, they want to change, change but so, some people are putting out solutions for change that just aren't feasible but like yeah. it's more about that we need to as a society have a a conversation about what to change and how to change it yeah 100% yeah and i think that's again like going back for like the last 2 years like we said starting from march that's definitely a conversation that i think a lot more people have had yeah and and needs to probably come about in some form yeah and i think things are starting starting to change too like there was just a law passed in ontario not too long ago that uh if you are not at work if you are not on the clock your boss cannot contact you right oh really the end like you cannot be contacted by work outside of work hours Mm. which i think is like great that's a really good start like There are way too many people who are contacted and guilt-tripped into coming in on their days off. That's actually a lot of what the anti-work subreddit was about, was people uh, posting text threads with their bosses of like, hey, I need you to come in this day. I'm not going to. That's my day off. I booked it off forever ago. Too bad you have to come in or or we're going to be writing you up and having a talk with you about your attitude. 
like so on and so forth. Like that's more what the like subreddit was about. Was yeah. people being mistreated, guilt tripped, emotionally abused by their employers into having an unhealthy work life balance. Yeah. And I've definitely seen firsthand people that have been in that situation countless times. Yeah. Right? You get called in, somebody is sick and you need them to cover and there's no one to call, right? Yeah. So and I think that we have to be fair to employers as well. Yeah. It's a tough road, you know, not choosing between, you know, trying to get somebody to come in or shutting your business down for the day. And then that could be a slippery slope into firing that person eventually because you don't, you can't afford to keep them on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause that kind of goes into like, if, if you're a business that has, or at least relies on in some form, having people come in or contacting them, uh, people about work when they're not supposed to be working, you know, to fill, to fill that spot, then you would have to probably hire somebody else to cover that, right? So yeah. that's your, so your costs are going to go up, which means you have to pay somebody else. So, yeah, <clears throat> yeah the, any structure, I guess, that would come about would have to be, like, either some sort of government that, it's like, some government program that will, like, help businesses cover the cost of changing their, their work culture like that, I think. Yeah. I think, like, otherwise, where's that money going to come? It from? has to meet in the middle. Like the whatever the new system is, whatever changes, has to be beneficial to both employers and employees, right. because we do still live in a capitalistic society. Capitalist, Cap- capitalist, capitalist society, yeah. not capitalistic. Capitalist. That's society. probably also a word. Capitalistic. Uh, it's too many. <laughs> it's too many. It's too it's many. Too, too many letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it has to be beneficial to both because I mean we're not gonna convert to socialism anytime soon it's not going to happen no and i mean my opinion is there's probably room for a little bit of socialism but yeah not too much yeah no i mean i don't know what what is your guys's opinion on like a universal basic income system oh we're like we're like uh everyone gets a set amount wa- yeah. wages are there's a base level wage kind of dictated. You get a check in the mail from the government for X amount of dollars. If you want to work, go ahead. But you get this amount. It's... I, I've not ever been posed that question, so I don't know exactly. But how you've, I never, feel about you've that. never heard of this? Well, not really. Okay. No. Yeah, th- it's been a conversation. Not not a system like that anyway. It's been tried a couple times in like mm-hmm. eastern Canadian cities. Really? Yeah. There's yeah. been pilot programs and stuff. Yeah. And I think it's definitely something we should explore. I think that there are aspects of socialism that can be very beneficial, but I think the best thing that we can do is have a an amalgamation of both and kind of meet in the middle. Yeah. That's that's where I see it working out the best, right? Should we have universal health care? Definitely. But should we still have free markets? Yes. Yeah. I think free markets are healthy, but also, like, <laughs> the way things are in Canada right now, they're, like, it's very difficult to live in a city. It is. Like, especially where we are, like, lower mainland BC, Vancouver area, is, like, we have the highest mortgage rates and the lowest salary. Yeah, almost in the entire world. Almost in the entire world. I think we're second or third. Well, I actually didn't realize it was, highest that, it was, per capita. It was that low. Yeah, it's bad. Wow. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. 
these systems are like flipped upside down and mm-hmm. something like universal basic income wouldn't necessarily change stuff like that but like but is that going to affect inflation which is the main reason why everything is so expensive i don't think i don't think that the people that I think, I think control the, inflation yeah. are going to lower inflation because we have universal yeah, basic a, a plan like that sounds like it would, it would have to have some involvement of those that kind of d- dictate inf- inflation rates and things like that yeah so like i've my dad and i have had pretty lengthy conversations about universal bas- basic income he actually might have been the person who introduced me to the concept in the first place but uh the way he talks about it is every month you get eight hundred to a thousand dollars, which, especially here, is not enough. But you have it. Like a thousand bucks for a month, like that's not even rent. You can't get a place here for a thousand bucks a month. But you can at least buy food, mm. and you can clothe yourself. You can keep yourself warm to a certain extent. I guess it's just the question of, from a philosophical standpoint and from a societal standpoint, should you receive something without putting any effort into it? Well, I think so. I think human life inherently has value. Hmm. It's tough for me. It really is. Because, you know, I mean, I was raised, you know... If you don't work for it, you don't get it. Yeah, I mean, that's also, like, I'm interested in your specific viewpoint on this because your work-life balance is is non-existent. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Your life is your work. In in a farming situation, your life is your work. Exactly, right? You When you go home after a day of farming, you're still thinking about farming, and you're still planning what you can do, and there are no set hours. There are no... Oh, I'm off the clock at five. No, you're off the clock as soon as all the work that has to get done is done. And then you still do extra work so that you don't have to do as much the next day. Yeah. Because there's going to be a new problem. And when that cow is calving at two in the morning, you're out there and you're helping it calve because you don't want to lose out on that a potential issue with that calving or potential losses. And you also care about the animal. Yeah. And that's not just livestock agriculture. That's any agriculture. And there's, it's not just agriculture either. It's not just farming. It's any anybody that owns their own business that has to keep it afloat kind of understands that concept. Like if you you put in as much as you get, you receive, you take out as much as you put in, right? It's and that's a concept that is widely accepted in North North American culture. I'm yeah. I mean that's how I operate, but I'm not. I also understand the value in taking people of, you know, in and on on essentially a poverty level and raising them out of poverty so that we can improve the lives of a lot of people in a short amount of time. Because in my opinion, that is the quickest way to solving the rest of the world's problems. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about like the percentage of the world or I mean... Even the percentage of people that live in Abbotsford, we'll say, for example, that are homeless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If all those people were stable enough to be in the workforce, because, I mean, the reason that a lot of them aren't is mental health issues, addiction issues, all of Mm -hmm. that stuff. I'm sure that putting a little bit of money in their pockets and just giving them some stability would solve a great portion 
of mm-hmm. their issues yeah, and I, get them in the workforce and solve a lot of the problems that we're dealing with, like supply chain, for example. Like, if we just had that many more people around that were feeling okay and could work, hmm. like, a lot of problems would solve themselves that way. So what happens when you take a group of people that aren't part of the workforce, you give them resources and tell them, okay, now you can join the workforce, but they don't want to. What if they want to join the anti-work movement and say, no, I'm okay with just taking your resources and not working? I think that's fine. Like, Hmm. I think that, because you're not giving them enough to be like, living in a penthouse apartment or anything like yeah you're, you're, you're just making sure they have food that's it like yeah. you're making sure their basic needs are covered right yeah i i do like the idea of you know providing enough resources to somebody in need that they can fulfill their basic needs so that they can investigate what their potential um i'm not gonna say value to society is because you contribution yeah i guess you know find your passion right this this whole podcast is about talking to, talking about passions and talking about what drives people right and how we can change the world with those and i think that people a lot of people are put into situations in their lives where they don't get the opportunity to do that yeah yeah i think that's a good point like honestly like that that bit of money would yeah would cause people to you know to take up schooling again yeah take up uh, hobbies and interests, you know, mm. create new businesses, potentially, yeah. new interests. Yeah, I mean, but, like, but, but it also gives you, like, buying groceries, you're still you're still giving money back into the economy, which is still going to yeah. circulate around anyway. So if you're, if you're using goods and services that other people are providing, like, that's still going back to them from what you're, from the little bit that you have that you're putting in. Yeah. I think, I, I honestly, it's, it's sounding a little better and better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you think about it, if you, if Mike had an extra, we'll say 800, because that's like, even even less than a thousand, like, I mean, maybe you could find a studio apartment around here for a thousand bucks, but. Yeah, maybe. Let's say you had 800 bucks in your pocket. Like, would you still work 40 hours a week at a job just to make ends meet? I think you would. With an extra 800 bucks? I, I don't think. 40 hours would be like, I have to work 40 to just make ends meet. Yeah. Like, eight, eight, like when you're already making money, like potentially up to 40 hours a week, an extra 800 bucks is a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, yeah, even if that's just 800 bucks that, like if, I, if I'm spending my full amount that I'm making working 40 hours and I have 800 bucks every month that I'm just putting into savings. Yeah. That's, that's huge. That's great. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. That's more value than I think just eight or eight hundred bucks seems like on its own. Yeah, and I think that if you give people that opportunity, you will also see a a, a fissure, right? You will see a line in the sand where, if you like, for me, if I'm given X amount of dollars, if I if you gave me eight hundred dollars uh, a month or whatever, I would take that and I say, okay. I've got $800, now I can work more, right? And I think that you're going to have two people, two groups of people. You're going to have the people that, okay, I'm still going to work the same amount, but now... Now you have an extra 800 bucks. Now you have an extra $800. Yeah, yeah because because you probably, someone like that, probably has a somewhat of a balance between their work life and their personal life mm-hmm. to to be like, okay, well, I'm still going to work the same amount because now it's 800 bucks. I'm going to use 
for my for for own per, for my more personal use mm. or different uses than yeah. I than I would have spent money on. Before. Those are the people that are already happy working. Mm-hmm. I think I think the only the only thing that I see that would definitely change as a result of that is people would obviously want to work shorter shorter lengths. Yeah. So you you wouldn't Zach you wouldn't have to work forty hours a week. You yeah. could work thirty twenty eight yeah. whatever. But then that also means that any business that offers full time benefits, you yeah you obviously would not be able to get any kind of any anything from that. Yeah. So and, and I mean this has happened on this podcast before where we start talking about like changing social systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, I I think that's probably the, one of the first things that would that would change because like already businesses and and corporate corporate you know structures. Uh, Try not to get people on the full time bit thing anyway, not to pay benefits because oh, yeah. it because it costs them. Yeah. Right. So that they'll have people work thirty eight hours a week. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. but like, if that was the if that was the expected, rather than having the potential to be a full time employee, but you're working part time, and you're always feeling like you're you're shortchanged to make making that that classification of being a full time. If you're just if everyone is just like part time, but quote unquote part time, then. Yeah, you you can hire more people, and and pay them, keep them at that level. You wouldn't have to be paying more for the full time employees. Yeah, that makes sense. So you want, yeah. <clears throat> so you want someone to work less, but then have that employer have more employees on a part time basis. Yeah, because I don't I don't think that would necessarily really increase the costs of of the business if if they're eliminating full time employment, and the benefits that are are kind of you know expected and and legally. Required for full-time employees, then the money that they're saving is is not going to outweigh just having you know two more people working the cash register on weekends than the one person that was doing it before. Yeah. Okay. Saves businesses a lot of money to not have to pay. For it it sounds like it. Staff. It really would because it does. But it would require the elimination of, or likely the elimination of full-time as like a sta- as like a status. Yeah. Okay. To 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 kind of strive for but then always being shortchanged on yeah let me ask you this then and i guess this is a bit of a tangent so if you have any other thoughts on this go first i just want to say like that this has happened before it happened with victor where like we started talking about shaking up social systems Mm -hmm. and then it gets into the minutiae it's like whenever you start talking about things like universal basic income or anti-work or anything like this like all these questions start popping up and i think that for a lot of people that becomes a detractor to even have the conversation in the first place. It's it's, it's mm. more it's more complex than what they want to get into. Yeah, like why are we even talking about this? Like it's it's but not going to change. It's too big of a thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I think it is important to talk about it, even if we are just three people on a podcast that like a lot of people aren't going to hear. No. I, I still think it's important to have these conversations, even for the listener at home, with your family yeah. or with your friends. Well, I, I didn't know a lot about. I knew I knew of what the the, the you know the less work movement kind of thing was, but I might have a much better understanding of it now already. Yeah. yeah. In, in ten minutes of talking. Yeah. I agree, and I think you know for anyone listening, it's very important to be informed on issues. Yeah. You know whether it's this or the plethora of other issues that are going on in our world today. You can never hurt yourself by learning more about it. And I think in doing something like that, because especially over the past year or so, I have really actively educated myself on a lot of issues that I didn't care about before that. And I think it's really helped me. Yeah. I think that 
again, it'll never hurt you to know more about something. It'll never hurt you to hear somebody else's perspective. It'll, and <clears throat> it usually brings about more rational people and more rational thinking. You know, I had a lot of opinions in the past, and I think opinions are malleable and fluid and should change, you know, based on changing times and data and research and life experiences. And I think that I had a lot of opinions that I just thought because, oh, that's just what you thought. But then yeah. once you dig into something like capitalism versus socialism, you realize that, for me at least, the answer to a lot of our problems is pretty much in the middle. Yeah. And that's why I take a usually a centrist stance on a lot of stuff. And I take a realistic stance on a lot of stuff, right? Whether it's COVID or climate change or anything in between. And I have a, I have a couple of questions on points on climate change too, because <laughs> it, it ties into our anti-work thing. Okay. But um, yeah, you're, <clears throat> you're, you're not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt by learning more. And if you are a person that's listening that thinks this issue doesn't affect me, right? You know, maybe it's you don't have an opinion on, uh, you know, abortion because maybe you're not a female. Well, it doesn't hurt to learn, right? And it doesn't hurt to uh, have a more open mind. It doesn't hurt to put yourself in the shoes of somebody else with other struggles once in a while. Uh, but saying that, I did have a question for you, Mike, because we were discussing the the part making more people part-time especially minimum wage workers do you think in a changing world and that we are moving closer and closer to techno technology taking over are we even going to need minimum wage workers in that's that's a side of universal basic income that we didn't even talk about sorry i'm not trying to step on you but like with automation stealing more jobs like universal basic income is going to have to become yeah yeah now you say stealing jobs but is it stealing jobs or is it just the natural evolution of, hey, this is a job that we don't need people for anymore. So that gives you the opportunity to find a different one yeah. to invest your time somewhere else that maybe, you know, I don't think we're living in a country where there's more people than jobs. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that actually touches back to the whole idea. Like if, if you're if you're at this, if you're making this set amount of money plus whatever you're comfortable working or, or whatever the case may be you'll be able to pursue more you know aspirations that you might have and and, mm. and innovate your own life work life or personal life yeah mm. and you know even the people that are yeah like being re- exchanged for you know automated jobs and stuff like that like there's still going to be enough jobs that they're not working you know if they're if they're reverting to like a shorter work week kind of thing that they can they can still do mm-hmm. you're not going to be you know, welding parts on cars anymore, but maybe you're maybe you're welding, you know, artwork. Maybe you're making like yeah. sculptures and shit like that. Because mm-hmm. you have you have those skills, and you know, you're just not you're not doing the mundane kind of like, you know, piece A onto socket socket B weld next mm-hmm. yeah. repeat. So, okay, before we go any further, I want to know just because Zach, you seem to know, like when. Those other programs were tested. What what was the result? Uh, I actually don't know. I know that it was like it was certain cities in Quebec, and then I think Toronto did it for a little while, under uh, not the current Ford, but the one before that. Okay. It was on crack. 
<laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah. I mean... The, Allegedly. <laughs> or what did he actually I've heard of? the voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there was video, I think, at one point, too. There was video, yeah. Yeah, I remember. It's just snow. There's a lot of snow up there. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I usually stick snow up my nose with a straw. Flour powder <laughs> like snow. Yeah. Wait, yeah, which one's crack? I, Crack? You smoke the, crack. The, the pipe. It's yeah. a pipe that you love. Oh, I always get them confused. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was cocaine. I'm sorry, folks. I actually just referenced the cocaine, too. <laughs> uh, but yeah. No, um, crack cocaine is a thing. Crack cocaine is cocaine that you smoke. So crack is something else entirely. Crack cocaine is cocaine turned into a crystal that you can then smoke. Why do they do that? Because uh, it gets you high faster and it lasts longer, I think. Mm. Yeah. Cocaine takes, like... Not that I'm an expert on the subject. Takes like 15 minutes to kick in, really? and then wears off within like half an hour. But if you smoke it, it lasts longer, and you get it quicker. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I oh, see, I thought cocaine hit like hit a lot faster than 15 minutes. No, it takes a bit. Okay. Yeah. I would not know. I would not know either. I've been around some, a couple of people that have done it, but I didn't ask. Yeah. I plead the fifth. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> we're gonna edit that. Yeah, I'm talking about, we are definitely. We we're definitely. Editing. I know how my foot tastes now. What was your question? <laughs> uh, how the programs? Uh, went oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't actually know. I think that because it happened in Toronto under whichever Ford it was, uh, that the systems were kind of like like the baby was thrown out with the bathwater, basically. Oh okay, I yeah. gotcha. Like it was kind of. There was off. no. There was no definitive like this. This could work or yeah. or. Yeah. Or, well, or, 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 or UBI, that system that that crackhead came up with, we're not going to talk about that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm not familiar with the, with those programs, but I do know that they did a really good study in Iceland last year that they took the five day work week and they shaved like two to three hours off every day hmm. and they saw really good results. Like in Iceland has, class. generally has a much happier yeah. Yeah. working culture. That's a a lot of Europe honestly does in general. Yeah, I, yeah and that I mean that kind of plays into the the toxicity of North American work culture. But yeah, I mean there that's always something that I really hate when people discuss. Um, just everybody is so North American centralized. Like, oh, we have the best system, we just have to fix it. How are we gonna fix it? I'm like, no no no. There are like a lot of other countries in the world, and they have, especially the European countries, and they all did it a little bit differently, and a lot of them moved a lot closer to socialism, and a lot of their programs are really good. Yeah, and the people are happier. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're much more, I mean, it's kind of like a buzzword, but like progressive. Yeah. In, in the way they approach work and like social life of their people and mm-hmm. culture in general. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I heard this amazing story from Turkey, right? Um, or was it Turkey or was it Hungary? I think it was Hungary, actually. Well, I'm hungry for Turkey now. <laughs> but this, But in Hungary, if you accidentally get pregnant, you don't even think about getting an abortion. Because you're like, you know what? I... It, the government will take care of me. Like, yeah. you are... They have a system set up where you don't, you're not put in a desperate situation. It's, I don't know the details, but I don't know. I haven't looked into it in a little while, but they're, the systems that they have, the, the, the social systems, the, the welfare systems, the, the safety nets that you can fall back on when you have issues that you are unforeseen that you can't control, 
there are things that will take care of you. And those were set up by the government for that exact reason. So it's really hard to argue with some of that stuff. Yeah, I I don't know. That makes me think. Like, I'm curious to ask people in general, just random people that I meet, like, what do you think the government's role in your life is? Mm. Like, what's the government's job in relation to you? Because I think that in Europe and some of those more progressive countries, they would say, to take care of me. Like, yeah. Yeah, I def- but here I don't know what people think the you government's know, you, job is. It's all good. everybody will say. You know what it, you know what it is? Yeah. I, I think yeah. If you ask it like overseas, probably almost anywhere, they're gonna have a much more concise answer. Yeah. But if you ask it here, you're gonna get like, well, oh, man, where do I start? Like, <laughs> and, and they're gonna start listing, uh, you know, either topics or or social issues, and be like, hey, well, it has to be this for this, and this for this, this right. for this. And this, 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 this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think, yeah, a, ge- a general consensus would be like, well, they should, you know, look out for the general health of the populace, and you know, this, you know, a much broader and I guess just simpler yeah. explanation mm-hmm. overseas. Uh, overseas, I would, I would imagine that that seems to be the case with a lot of like, yeah, their, their government and social programs and things like that. Yeah, I agree. I um, I think that there are. North American countries are different from any other countries in the world. Let's be honest. We do it different. Sorry? I said we do it different. We do. We do do different. And I think that's part of the basis of how the countries were formed. And, you know, it it, it literally, they are literally melting pots. You know, the U.S. and Canada are literally just melting pots of every other country in the world where they took some people from there and stuck them somewhere else. And then you all have to figure out a way to live together, even though it's the most diverse country two countries in the world and we there's so many different voices and opinions on things that it's so hard to agree on things but yeah in in terms of the government i mean you guys know my stance on the government because i've said on the podcast before but it it's corrupt and it's bloated a lot of the time yeah you know do i think you guys should fill the potholes and fix the bridges yeah but do i think that you need to have a say in everything that i do Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. I think you and I are kind of in the same school of thought that, like, local government is way more important and effective than anything larger than that. Exactly. Oh, yeah. In someone's day-to-day life, 100%. Yeah. You know, if we took half the federal tax and put it into provincial tax, I don't know. I mean, what 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 did federal taxes even fund? Basically just the guy, you know, the, the leading federal government just to do stuff. Well, we do have army. Yeah, we have federal. We have federal highways too. (laughs) Like for example, like Highway One, for example. Right. When the floods happened, the the reason it took a little bit longer than it should have Mm -hmm. is because there was a big to do about who should fix it. Exactly. Like, should it be on the province or should it be federal? Because it's a federal highway, but it's in the province. Mm. And uh, same thing with uh, right by my work. I work on a highway, and. The, the crossroad for, like, the highway and the, the street that my work is on has horrible potholes all the time. And it takes forever for them to get fixed because every time it's like, which side of the line are they on? Is this a pothole on the highway, which is the province's problem? Or is this a pothole on the road, which is the city's problem? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
I mean, yeah, it's like, as soon as you start bloating government out to all these different levels, it just becomes, like, nothing gets done. No. That's the, I mean, that's the biggest concern anyone has ever had about the government. It's, there's too much red tape. There's too yeah. much bureaucracy and nothing gets done, which is why people that are in favor of privatizing a lot of things have good opinions on things because, hey, guess what? It's more efficient, usually, depending on the situation. Yeah. You know, somebody that is solely based on making a profit is going to make it as efficient as possible. Not saying that it's the best course of action, but just, you know, yeah. a profit-based system is more usually more efficient. But sometimes it it has certain it has different values. Yeah, which there are issues with, obviously. Yeah, there's Those no systems perfect don't system. value the worker as much. Right. Yeah. But if you put in place, you know, if you have proper unions in place, if you, I don't know. Billionaires don't like unions. <laughs> Billionaires don't like unions, yeah. and that's an issue. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are really wealthy that know exactly how to scam the system. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a lot of billionaires have never been in a job where they wish they had a union. A lot of times, yeah. I that's think, I think the that's, case I think, most of the that's time. probably what it comes down to a lot of the time. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure Bezos has never scanned a box of mac and cheese at the Safeway till. I don't know where he Bezos... He doesn't know what it's like. I don't know how he started. I don't know. Uh, I bet he started with a loan. <laughs> Whether it was from the bank or his father-in-law. Yeah. I don't know. That's usually where things like that kind of start. Yeah. I couldn't say. I don't care all that much about... <laughs> I mean, well, honestly, I'm a fan of Elon, to be honest, but... He know. does seem more well, like the kind of person who built himself up for well, nothing. I think I believe he was, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure, like... I don't know. He did. Well, he started in South Africa, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he... But he, he got educated, became an engineer and all that, and then I believe he, from that he basically like worked his way up. Yeah, I know when he founded PayPal, he was broke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just but, learned right now that he founded PayPal. Oh, you didn't know that? I did <laughs> yeah. not know that. Yeah, the the picture of him like sitting behind his computer on the day that PayPal launched is really funny, because he looks so sick and skinny and, like, for lack of a better word, he looks poor. Like. Yeah. Elon Musk is a person that looks rich, but in that photo, he looks very poor, which is weird to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, PayPal is, you know, I mean, pretty relatively modern for, st- I guess, startups, right? Yeah. When, well, when yeah. you consider, like, you know, businesses that started, like, in the 80s or whatever. Yeah, yeah I think PayPal well, was, like, early 2000s. I believe so. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that a lot of the stuff you create, you don't realize you're going to make ridiculous amounts of money on. Yeah. You know, Apple started in a garage. He started PayPal in a, oh, from one computer. It's, you know, you don't know how you're going to affect the world until you try, which is kind of nice. Which when you're getting an extra $800 a week and you're working mm-hmm. less hours, you know, you could build the next PayPal. You could be the next Elon. I, this, here's the question. Here's my question though. Can you provide that $800 without providing that $800? What do you like, mean, provide like, that like, value in a different way? Yes, yeah. because I think that if you 100%. if you give somebody $800 cash, you know, they're not going to spend it 
not everybody is going to spend it on the things that they. I honestly think it's probably, especially going back to what Zach was saying about like helping you know people that are are homeless. I think one hundred percent. If it goes to uh, rent, one hundred percent. That's probably the that's probably the easiest way I think to implement something like that is that the government foots a bill to essentially. Like whether it's whether it gets deposited to you directly or it it kind of comes off the top, like rent drops by a portion of that, if not all of that. Yeah. So let me ask that'd you this: huge, then. that'd be huge because because then the people that have like addictions and things like that can't relapse with that money either. Yeah. Right. Or or be swindled out of it in yeah. in in, in and I mean that's, ways like that. That's the idea behind things like like halfway houses, but it just never works that way. Because yeah. you cram a bunch of addicts into a box together, like yeah, it's not going to go well. Yeah, but like you would be well, but yeah, but like I think in a way like that, if it was done, we agree that we, they should find a way to provide that eight hundred dollars in a more effective manner than just money. Provide more value to people for just existing. But let me ask you this then: What more can they do? Because they've already you can already get. Welfare, you can already get, you know, food stamps, or not, not actually food stamps, but, you know, yeah. discounts on groceries. You can already live in subsidized housing if you need it. What more can we do? Well, I think... Have we reached the limit where everybody that's going to benefit from that system is already benefiting from that system? And anybody that chooses not to doesn't want to be in the system? Sure, maybe the systems that are in place now. But I also think that that's going to elevate the people that are in that system now, maybe out of the system. And then people that are, aren't in the system into the system. But again, I think that we're falling into that trap of like, like this social program seems too difficult to implement. We already have this, this, and this in place, and it's not working. So what's the point? Hmm. Like, I just, I think there are issues that aren't being addressed. Yeah, namely mental health is not being addressed in the slightest. But how do you, <clears throat> how do you attempt to address a mental health issue? with somebody who doesn't want your help because that is the vast majority of is the it? poverty level people is it i don't know if they are they're refusing help it's that it's not accessible yeah. to them i, I think, think a lot of people assume that those people don't want help and i feel like that's not the case most of the time yeah i would say oh yeah i don't know Cl- close to because i've heard a lot of different opinions on it and but but from people who are in that situation well, because that's the thing. Like, like you have the you have the conversation, or you talk about people like with people about this topic. But generally, it's people that are either making these assumptions or or hear it like third or fourth hand and don't actually know. I don't know. I know that I've heard from people that say everybody that's on the street is on drugs, and if you don't address the drug issue, then you will never solve anything. But the drug issue is is people addressing their own mental health issues. Right. So is it chicken or the egg? I mean, if we take away the option of drugs, that will you solve happen. anything? Probably not. But should we also then move to the other end of the spectrum and just give you those drugs for free and see what happens? Because that's basically what, what we're leaning towards, is, for Abbotsford at least. Yeah, like having safe injection sites. Safe injection sites and just provide the narcotics to you. Yeah, I mean, I think those systems would be a lot better if there were mental health support 
programs in place to go in tandem with it. Like mm-hmm. you I, can, I believe some places there are. Probably yeah. now, yeah. yeah. I know that when safe injection sites first started coming around, it was just oh, yeah, get yeah. your needles heal here because yeah. they're clean. Yeah. And if something goes wrong, we can help. Yeah, yeah. Right. Which no, is hundred percent it's noble right in it itself. I'm but all it's for, not solving yeah. the problem. I'm all for that because I just look at it like from a disease standpoint. Like nobody wants AIDS. Let's get rid yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. No. Well, and like I mean, with the last couple of years and the pandemic, it's like our healthcare system is very fragile, and the more people we can keep out of the hospitals, the better. Well, that was always the the, the point of the injection yeah. sites too, right? Is that it, it's it's cost effective, yeah. better to treat people or <laughs> yeah. and, and have sites for them than have them, you know, rush to the emergency room dying yeah. on mm-hmm. and send, you know it's all, cheaper. Else there. It's cheaper to give people free clean heroin than to treat AIDS and like and uh, and overdoses, like, right? Yeah, especially now because. Like we've even we've already moved away from fentanyl, and they have a new a new cutting agent that doesn't that naloxone doesn't even work on. Yeah. So the is it as dangerous as the fentanyl? yeah? It's it's it so just as many overdoses, if not more. Wow. But the naloxone doesn't even do anything now. So we're the drug creation, the drug, the cutting with the other elements is is way up too far ahead of anybody that can any law enforcement agency that can keep ahead of it. It's, it's not a cat and mouse game. The, 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 the cat is, has a broken leg. It's, it's a mouse and cheetah game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, which one is the kid? I'm saying that the government is a mouse and okay. the drugs are cheetahs. Oh, I saw, I thought oh, the cheetahs the, don't run away from I mice. thought the drug was the mouse and the cat was the, the agency trying that to solve it. Is what you were saying. And I developed on it backwards. I like it. I like it. Okay. Irregardless, you folks get the idea. I don't know. It's a tough argument. And I don't have the answers. But I think that it's important that we pay attention to what happens in the next little while. Because it will determine our stance on this for years to come. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely definitely conversations that should be had. Because then that's how you reach a solution. I agree. And the more opinions and the more thought-provoking ideas we can come up with, the better, right? I just read an article about it in the province not too long ago, and it's a serious issue. You know, we've lost more people from overdoses than COVID. It's it's a serious problem. Yeah, it's huge. It's And it, it's something that goes un, unnoticed because so many people just dive into that stigma of like, oh, what's... That's your fault. You killed yourself. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works, folks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, well, we got way off topic from anti-work, but that's I think okay. I, it, it's, it's all it's, it's all, all co- related. It's it actually, all related. It actually is really all. It's all related because so let me let me ask you this, guys, because I love this question. If you could fix one thing that you think would solve the majority of the other problems we face as a society, what would it be? Like where? What's what's the uh, what's the string we have to pull, and we can that will benefit everyone the most. Where should we focus our efforts? I mean, honestly, like I think what Zach said, like mental health, I think mm-hmm. would definitely like any kind of program that would focus on that in in various forms of people that need it would have vast improvements on their lives and what they contribute and what they're what they're capable of doing and and how they live mm-hmm. yeah okay so with that being said should we deal with the mental health problems that people have 
or should we deal with preparing the next generation to not have mental health problems? I mean, obviously I, I both. Don't, yeah, I don't know if if you can ignore one, ignore one, and focus on like the next generation, because then they're they're still going to see how we're treating it now. Right. And you know, that's a good point. I yeah. thought of that. Interesting. I think that it would be important to try and get to the root cause of most people's mental health issues. Which, I mean, to loop it back, I think a lot of people are more affected by their work than they think they are. Well, yeah, the thing that you spend your entire day doing, you think that doesn't affect you? Of course yeah. it does. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it re- really, it shapes who you are in your adult life. Yeah. yeah. I, just like school shapes who you are socially yeah. and, you know, behaviorally in when you're growing up. Yeah, yeah I just watched that video on the... Uh, the Facebook, um, he, like, checks all the videos he before they go onto Facebook to flag for, like, un, like explicit oh, yeah, content yeah. and stuff like that. And the things that people try and post on Facebook, like, gruesome gore and really oh, disgusting yeah. sexual stuff and, you know, all sorts of gross stuff and just messed up things that people come up with. And this guy has to sit at a computer and watch this graphic content for hours and hours. And he has to be critically, he can't zone out. He has to critically think and evaluate each thing that he sees before it's allowed on Facebook. It's nuts. And this guy has, you know, it was all like blurred out. You can't see his face or anything, right? And his voice is modulated, I think. But the, the work that he does is so taxing on his mind and his mental welfare it was very interesting to listen to but jobs like that you know jobs where you see things that normal people don't see because we because it's filtered as a society we filter it out we don't want to see that you know if you are the are one of the fringe people that are interested in that certain thing you know how to get it right but for the majority of normal people we don't want to see that guy get his hand degloved right like no thank you that just sounds like something i don't want to see no we don't want to see some guy get his fingernails ripped out it's no then that's i guess that ties into you know social media and the internet and all this because what you know should we where is the line that is drawn between what we should be allowed to see and what is filtered and what we should be allowed to see from even from a private company like most social media yeah yeah and i i really i you have more of an appreciation for people that choose to spend their time in situations where you see those things and you know that they're doing a job that protects us from those things that we don't want to see that normal people aren't supposed to see that there are specific people that train themselves to be put in those situations where we so we don't have to see those gory details. Yeah, I mean, you got to you got to be real tough to be able to like compartmentalize that mm-hmm. cuz and have it and have it not affect you or you got to have some really good outlet for yeah. for dealing with that. Yeah. Uh, well, and that, you know, that ties into, you know, soldiers coming back with PTSD, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Big you time. know, even there are even some stories of guys from that work in slaughterhouses, you know, they have some issues right and i'm i mean i'm pro slaughterhouse but there are things that you can 
Yeah, there's, yeah. Well, there's speaking, issues. Speaking of jobs that can be automated. Yeah, like that, I agree. Honestly, Auto- I don't automate a slaughterhouse. I I believe they exist already. I, you still there are still guys. You still need workers for them. Yeah, yeah but, but, but they're getting better and better. They're not so. doing beginning to end. No, like you're not. To. It's not the. They're not working all the saw blades themselves. They're not doing all the manual stuff. Like the butchering is automated. Uh, some of it, yes. Yeah. You know, like you still need a guy to like swipe the the big swipe in the middle. With the, with the big blade, and there's, like, guys that hold this giant saw, and there's, like, bzzz, like, down the middle, basically, yeah. and break that uh Are they, that are, are they still gutting them, though? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, see, I, th- I think that would probably but the wear slaughter, on somebody a lot. Yeah. Uh, most slaughterhouses, and, folks, slaughterhouses are continually being upgraded and enhanced. Like, it's not... Whatever you think that they are like, you know, they were like 20 or 30 or 50 years ago, they are so much better. Okay, and they're constantly working on their any mis- any issues they have. They're constantly being upgraded on. So, it, like it's some of the most efficient and clean work environments because it's it has to be right yeah. from a biosecurity standpoint yeah. and from an efficiency standpoint because we're trying to feed so many bloody people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. I think yeah, a lot of assembly line quote unquote jobs. If there are people still working on them they won't be in 20 years yeah i think that with the event you know in the last what 10 years 20 years we've seen absolutely incredible uh upgrades in you know ai in robotics in tech just to make everything more efficient oh yeah ai is going to be doing that video filtering stuff yeah, if if some AIs aren't already already doing it, oh yeah, it's a lot of the work is probably already being done by. I, it. I yeah. believe I believe some yeah. of it is for for some platforms. Yeah, and there's definitely issues with like the algorithm, right? But it's at the end of the day, it's the most efficient way because you don't want, you know, we live in a society where we're trying to create technology to eliminate the jobs that we don't want to do, you know, and that's. That's the root of the of yeah. the discussion, right? Well, how, I, can't, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but like when Amazon started automating their their warehouses, mm-hmm. like you still hear about today, like the conditions of people working in warehouses yeah. and things like that, and it, it's awful and it's de- it's deplorable to some extent in some places, but like the fact that it's already being automated to a large extent, like that's gonna that's gonna do away with you know, the shitty working conditions. That yeah, if they can, then great, because, yeah. like, yeah. it clearly is not a job made for a human. Yeah. yeah, and when errors happen and you get sent a 3D printer by mistake, that's <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> good, that's good for one person. Who are you going to blame? You're going to blame the software. And yeah. That is a side effect of this more technologically based... That's, that's the, it's sort of what might have been human error. It could have been human but, error. It could have been human error. Regardless, it's... Yeah. yeah. We don't know, right? But eventually, it will all be computer and then if there are ever mix-ups you know it was a computer but yeah i mean at the end of the day what's the what's the thing you don't like doing around your house oh i hate taking out the garbage okay we've got a robot for that yeah. you know you oh know i hate mowing the lawn oh we got a robot for that you know what I just realize is that the whole talk about doing like the the shorter work week and and you know baseline pay from government or whatever and then the omniverse shit that I recently learned about from the metaverse, the metaverse, oh. <laughs> Omni- omniverse. I'm like omniverse metaverse is stuff, different. which I didn't really have any 
idea as as to the extent of what that was until you explained oh, yeah. it to me. It's um, huge. I that, also don't understand it. Like in my head, all it is is VR chat. Oh, made buddy. by Facebook. So okay. that's kind of what I thought it was too. And then Russell did a really good job explaining it, and I think I grasp it. It's a, it's essentially, but he's going to tell you, it's essentially like the the step before the Matrix. Basically, yeah. Uh, it's okay. what that's what they want it to be. Right. That's what they want it to be through the the uh, with the advancement of crypto, of NFTs, of digital avatars of data uh, data mining and data production and your data being worth more than you yeah. basically they can potentially they can realistically recreate the world that you live in on the internet right and once that world is socially more valuable to a person than the physical world they have you right and then you're going to be buying virtual real estate you're gonna be buying use, using a virtual cryptocurrency, which which has already happened. Like you said, like what was it was it Jay Z or whoever bought a, a lot of land? Oh, in, Snoop Dogg, yeah, yeah Snoop he's got Dog. a bunch of virtual oh, yeah. land in the metaverse. You know, these guys. Is it, is it limited? Is that a limited resource? Real estate? N- no, in the virtual but world? I, I think I think in, in this kind of context, I think what it would be it would be like putting it like an address into your. Uh, Address bar in, in your oh, web browser. It's like buying a domain. You would name. go to Snoop Dogg's. You go place. to com. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but you would be there, right? Essentially, but, so you plug into the metaverse, and then you can go wherever you want. But if you don't own the land right next to Snoop Dogg, you don't get to live there. You don't get to go, and you, you know, whatever your interest is, you know, if you like. Uh, cool cars then you're gonna go to the cool car section and you're like oh let me buy that car virtually using a cryptocurrency that is only valuable in the metaverse because that's the next step they're gonna come up with the metacoin or whatever it is right (laughs) because you know historically speaking you know in any in any uh work camp or you know when they built the railroads right they they had people working in deplorable conditions and they they didn't pay them in money they paid them in credits that they could spend at the camp right so as soon as you set up a system where i work in the system i receive payment from the system in a form of currency that i can only use in that system yeah you're hooked yeah I just feel like it reeks of, like, it smells like wearable tech to me. Mm. Like, you guys remember Google Glass? Yeah. I do. You guys remember that first wave of smartwatches? You remember when everybody had a Fitbit? And everybody was like, before you know it, we're going to be implanting these things into our bodies and all this stuff. Well, I mean, they they are. We're getting there. You can get Sure, they are. Everybody isn't. There's over. It's there's well, thousands it's of people in new, Sweden. Is it Sweden? Uh, maybe, but probably. Is. But they have little grains of rice in their wrists. Yeah, I yeah. actually I watched a video about that and yeah. I like did a little bit too much research into how it's, hard that would be to do yourself. But. It's it's like the you can like it's like the tap pay kind of yeah, thing, right? It's, yeah, it's an NFC chip. Yeah, 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 that's what I thought. Yeah, but yeah, so like I mean, yeah, that's that it is a thing that is 
become I a think wider spread. What we're seeing with what you're describing the metaverse to be right now is is the expansion of the rubber band. Okay. And eventually it's gonna bounce back and sure that like it's still gonna be there, but it's not gonna be as it's not gonna, it's not gonna be as grand as maybe what they're they're yeah, it's, pr- it's projecting, not, but it's not like a straight curve up. I think it's gonna be like a bell curve that's gonna land yeah. somewhere yeah. in the middle. You know, like some people like you know, some people consider it to be, you know, ready player one style of yeah. living in the metaverse. Like you go to work, you come home, you put your headset on you don't care about anything else i don't see that happening but you are also a 20 something year old man yeah and i am a 20 something year old man and mike is also a person (laughs) that is mike is a 65 year old man (laughs) (laughs) but we mike's not that old no he's not that old he's looks great for his age he does (laughs) <laughs> I didn't even know he was 49. <laughs> irregardless. I'm, I'm irregardless. Gonna, With age comes wisdom. With age you comes too wisdom. too much power. Uh, what was I, I control the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> Take that outer limits. We control the broadcast. <laughs> the vertical and the horizontal. <laughs> oh, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, sorry. You were saying, we were talking about... Uh, the metaverse yeah ready player one ready player one yeah. and you i mean know, I, I think i think oh exactly. you were saying yeah. i'm a 20 something you're a 20 right something. right yeah. right right so so we see things differently yeah but a child that is born today or tomorrow or whatever or next week is going to grow up in a world where virtual the virtual world and the and digitalization is everywhere Right? What do most kids do when they get home from school? They play Fortnite or whatever. Right? They're 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 watching YouTube or they're doing something. Right? Who are kids looking up to today's today? YouTubers. You know, and it has its merits, but you know, a lot more and more and more, we're gonna see those kids value digitalization more than we ever will. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's a slippery slope. Yeah, I, I think we've we've already been in like like the digital age of, of that progression. I, I'd say it's since like like mid to late nineties, um, and it, it's it's obviously on the ramp up. But like mm. we've already kind of hit that beginning point. I think Zach's right. It is going to rubber band, but I think like when it when it kind of bell curves back, uh, it's still going to be at a, a much further advanced stage than. Mm. where we are now i don't think it's going to be maybe necessarily quite ready player one like where it's given that kind of gravitas where everybody does it because there's always going to be people that realize the value of the physical world and how they can benefit it's a new technology that's exciting and people are thinking of the possibilities and where Mm -hmm. it could go and so yeah obviously people are thinking now that it's going to be ready player one but it'll be somewhere in the middle like in the same way that my mom didn't understand me coming home and uh, playing Call of Duty. <laughs> I won't understand yeah. when my kid gets home and sure. plugs into the metaverse to hang out with their friends instead of going to their house and hanging out with them in real life. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I think that will happen, like, like, I think your kid will probably reach that point where they're going to log on to the metaverse 
yeah, they'll maybe. never log out. Like, <laughs> in your lifetime, with your like your kid will have that experience. Yeah, probably. Depending on what age they are, who knows? Yeah. But when like, you were talking about it, I was getting chills thinking about it. Like that's so terrifying. It is. It's but, so scary, and yeah. so many parents have that because they're so because we don't fully realize the effect that computers and phones and the internet has on kids. We really don't. We we haven't had it around long enough to know. Yeah. Um, I know, and Mike and I just had this conversation two days ago, you know, is screen time a, just a natural progression of life, or is this something that we should heavily monitor and, you know, try to mitigate and balance that with other things? Yeah. I mean, most jobs are on a screen now. Mm. Yeah, and socialization happens on a screen, and art is on screens now, which like, I don't like. But it's it's, it's a normal part of life. Yeah, like, I I agree. Like, and some art you can appreciate online, you know, and it, like like moving picture, right? Video, all sorts of stuff, right? But if you know physical art, oh man, I can't do it. You know, I can't look at a picture of the Mona Lisa and be like, man, that's nice. You know, I can't yeah. do it. I have to go to the art gallery and look at it. And then I'll be like, okay, I feel what the yeah, artist felt. It, it, because I, th- I think that that is a good example of you're you're engaging with the medium the way that it was intended to. Mm-hmm. Whereas with like digital art and things like that, it's you're engaging it in the way that it was intended to. That's true. In in a, in, in a digital form or or yeah. in some sort of digital. See, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Projection. That makes a lot of sense to me, yeah. right? You can't watch a movie without a TV, so it was made for TV. Yeah. Or a projector, obviously. But, yeah, that makes sense. You know, physical art is not made to be, pick, you know, taken a photo of and spread on the internet. It's meant to be experienced yeah. in person. Honestly, right? I can't wait till Victor's back and we tell him what the metaverse is. <laughs> I think he's probably a little bit aware of he's it. He's probably heard of it. Maybe. But... He, his he, frame he of might, reference for he it might have heard like, the buzzword, oh, yeah. but he, he I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't know what it is. Yeah. Shout out to Victor. I know you're listening because I know you've been listening to our podcast. We love you, man. And yeah. we cannot wait for you to get back on here so you can tell the entire world about Birdwatch. Yeah. Can you imagine like when your kids logging into the metaverse, what an oddity somebody like Victor would be at in that time? Yeah. yeah. Victor, you're not an oddity. No, no, not, not now. I'm saying like <laughs> some, somebody somebody that has the same kind of, you know. Uh, value structure and and and, and life that, yeah. that Victor has now, to the point where you know Zach, your kid is is logging into the metaverse yeah. after school for like two like an hour before dinner or whatever. Yeah. I disagree. I, it's going to be think it's going to be such an hard. I think that well, sorry, well I, I disagree with something you said. I think that it'll be worse than that. I think that the kid. No, I'm saying Zach. Will yeah, Zach will have limits. Yes, an hour after yeah. before dinner. Right. I hope that my kid is more of a Victor than a. Whatever oh, the absolutely! absolutely. Oh, yes. and, and I think more Victor than a victim. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa! Victim oh. of society. Oh, we peaked. We peaked. <laughs> we can never make another podcast episode again. All right. Yeah. Fine with me. That's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. That Rather is be a, a t-shirt Victor than a victim. I love it. Yeah. I love it. We'll start three D printing some pins that say it. <laughs> okay. Let me ask you this, though, Mike. You said that okay, the kid will go to school and he'll come home and he'll log on to the metaverse. Don't you think that if we have a system as integrated as that, that school is through the school metaverse? will be through the metaverse. yeah probably you know how I'm long like, before Facebook at that time yeah probably how long before Facebook comes out with hey we're starting our own school right you know or you have to access your your schoolwork on uh, through well, the metaverse yeah, right online courses the difference would be that yeah you would actually like you know 
have a visual medium that yeah. you're engaging it's, with. I just I see it as like the portal where it's you step through and then you have access to all other you know internet content. Can I give you one reason why the metaverse won't be as successful as you think it Please. is? Please, because it's centralized. What do you mean? Because it's Facebook's thing. Do you remember in like October? It, it's a Facebook thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Facebook is metaverse. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was like an open space kind of thing. No, no, this is like... So, it's all Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, um, Facebook, like they're, they opened a parent company called Meta, mm-hmm. which now owns Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, all the companies that before I might, Facebook... I might, I might have heard about that. I didn't know that was their yeah. ambition yeah. to do the, the Yeah, whole so thing. metaverse is now that. So, <laughs> do you guys remember in October when Facebook was down for like 24 hours? I do. Uh, yes. Was I it even 24 hours? I think it was like 8 hours. It, yeah, it wasn't a very long no period of time. But, but people were freaking it, it was a portion of the day. Businesses had to shut down because I did hear about that, which is so weird. Because a lot of people would use WhatsApp for their chats, right? Oh, at work, true. or like like other Facebook systems. Like these places were using Facebook systems to get their work done every single day. Exactly. If everybody has to be plugged into this one centralized system in order to get work done or in order to get education done, mm. that reeks I, I horribly. Did, yeah, I didn't know that. I thought it was kind of like a, an open concept idea kind of thing. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense now that you say that. And so I 100% think that obviously if, if this metaverse becomes a thing and kind of takes off, that you'll see other other platforms or, or you know internet spaces yeah. that are kind mm-hmm. of because built like that. You're talking about the metaverse as if it is equal to something like cryptocurrency or NFTs. When the difference is the cryptocurrency and NFTs are decentralized. Right. Like they're not owned by any that, 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 that's kind of what I thought it was based on what yeah. your description. But now now you're explaining that it's yeah, it's like a Facebook privately owned kind of yeah. concept. Yeah. I don't think that will like you said, it will la- will quite it won't go, become, go the distance. It won't become the dominant social structure. I, I don't. I think. But I think. Isn't it already the dominant social media platform? Well, sure, but a social media platform versus like the world we live in. Yeah. Or, well, I, the I, North American world. I think yeah. what I think what we'll we'll get is like so there'll be like a block of like this is Facebook's meta metaverse. You can go to like library like libraries that are yeah. their own kind of space like that that you can kind of interact with. And then eventually what will happen is, is kind of like with the emergence of the internet, you're going to get like things like Google and, and, and Yahoo where they have like a center area where everybody kind of congregates yeah. and then they filter out from there. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. do. Like, it's going to be a web browser version of, 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 of a metaverse where yeah. this, is, this is your hub that you go to or one of a few hubs. And right. then from there you filter out to where, where you're going in, the meta, in, in, in this meta system. Yeah. Right. It's like Reddit, but you'll have your own avatar, and you're, like, walking around. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. <clears throat> so, I guess to kind of poke holes in your argument, um, you know, we already have seen schools go to online learning, right? Yeah. And it's all on Zoom, essentially. Yeah. So, what happens when Zoom shuts down? Well, I mean, this is a new thing. We're talking about a thing that's been going on for two years. Like, right, right. I'm sure that if schools decided, okay, you don't have to go to a building anymore, then like something else would come along that's a bit more... Because yeah. Zoom has tons of problems, too. Like, yeah, yeah. Zoom, either, if Zoom doesn't innovate, something will replace Zoom. Yeah. Because I never heard about Zoom at all until until COVID. But it had been around for a long time. I know. Yes. Yeah. Had not heard anything about it. But Zoom only got popular because Skype dropped the ball. Yeah, well, like there could be other systems that people were familiar with didn't didn't f- fill that 
that yeah. that yeah. niche. It's like a, a so yeah, a blockbuster Netflix. Situation. So yeah, whether whether it's Zoom or you know whatever they want to call it, uh, whatever it ends up being, uh, will probably be like a very dominant force that's not going to go anywhere. Right, and that will still be a centralized system. I don't think that society, humanity as a whole, is going to move to a centralized system for all for everything. I, I don't no. think that that yeah. will happen. But ha- haven't we already done that? I mean... How do you mean? To the we world, still drive to one sense? business to go to work and yeah. then go to another business to do our grocery shopping right. and then go to another business to buy our house. But you... I mean, you look at a company like Amazon. They have their own grocery stores. You can Everything you buy can be bought through Amazon. But every, well, some people everything, do buy everything, everything that Amazon's Amazon. carrying is coming from other places, though. Yeah. Right, but it doesn't matter. Amazon is the one that controls it. They're the but, but they're not. They're the filter. But they're not making and selling. <coughs> they're they're they have everything being funneled to them. So right. it's still not but, really centralized. You know, they control the spice. You know, like <laughs> the spice must flow. The spice must flow. It's. It doesn't matter where it's made, and it doesn't matter who do, who does the creation of the product. The it's the person. It's the middleman that controls everything. And it's the middleman that makes the most money. Because we we give them the power. <clears throat> so if I think, Facebook, I, I think in a new system like this would be a time to see if that continues to be a trend, because it very easily could not be. I don't know. Depending on how it's handled. I mean, I don't want it to be, but I don't. I I see. I think the trends that people show and the this this FOMO that has been so heavy these past two years, I think that people are gonna just lap it up you know if if they can make the metaverse or facebook or whatever they want to call it the filter that you perceive the rest of the internet with that is absolute power i think i think digitally but i just i don't see it happening because the internet is a decentralized system as soon as you try to centralize the internet yeah the idea is gonna fall apart yeah but i I think i think i think exactly i think zach's hitting on the point where it's like Facebook is the first one that's attempting this, mm. but I think when this hap- when this happens and as it's kind of progressing now to be more of a um, unknown thing and that's being looked into, you're going to see other people popping up to do it, and it's going to be like the internet is now. There's going to be so many options for for this new form mm. of entertainment, and there or, will still be a most popular one for yeah, sure. Yeah, and it might be the yeah, universe. exactly, and that that'll, that that'll be like I said, like the hub structure where you everybody goes to, and then they they go out from there. Yeah. But like. Yeah, you're you're it's it's not going to be the Facebook metaverse copyright is the only one. Yeah. It may what? it may be a popular one, but I I 100% see like either Amazon or or yeah, a, I guarantee a, a, any other huge conglomerate doing. Guarantee it. they're already working on it. Oh, oh yeah, 100%. It's already going through R&D. No doubt. And that's yeah, that's part of the, you know, uh, the lack of a, a monopoly, right? You that's the free market at work, right? You have multiple guys. If there is a guy on top, there's a secondary guy who's working on the same yeah. thing that you're working yeah. on. I, I would be you. I would be worried if, like, you know, if Amazon, you know, Google, uh, Google yeah. Bezos, yeah. And, and Zuckerberg all got together and then did it together, Ooh. then I'd be worried. Yeah. Yeah. Because then, like, what's going to compete against that? Nothing. Exactly. Because they, they own everything. everything. Yeah. You know, it, exactly. It's it's just a natural way of things. You know, when Elon builds a rocket, Jeff builds a rocket. Yeah. It's like, hey, I want to build a better rocket than you can. Yeah. I understand your your, your, your idea of thinking it's going to get to, like, Ready Player One. But Ready, even Ready Player One was, like, it was a single conglomerate that owned it. And 
I don't, I don't, I don't think it'll ever wind up like that. No. It, it, it'll, it'll be, it'll be different suits or the same suit, but you can log into different servers that are owned by different companies. Unless it's the government. Unless I don't what? think the government has the well, I'll say the ambition to do that, but like. What happens when when we have to move to full-time online learning for kids and they need a system that is large enough server-wise to, to the go- have all The government kids. contracts Amazon to make a, an education system. Exactly. But, that but, edu- but it's still part, it's still owned by, it's still a private thing by Amazon. Right. But as soon as the Metaverse or Amazon has that system and controls the way that kids learn that's power sure but you're always going to have like i i think you're always still going to have like the up and the up and coming smaller business that structures themselves maybe not to the same extent that in in this example amazon being you know funded by the government or whatever is doing Mm. but like to a lesser extent and that will they'll still exist but it's the same idea that Zach was saying. Like, there'll be one most popular one because it's the the most well funded or most right. well structured or, or designed or whatever. But you'll always have options, just like the internet exists now. I get what you're saying. I'm just, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with you in that sense. But I'm just saying, if the government wakes up tomorrow and decides that everybody has to learn, you know, if all the public schools curriculum had to go through a certain you know, metaverse system in order for you to access it, then everybody has to be on the same system. If they make it, would, it, it would never be a requirement. It would never be the only requirement to like w- way to access that. It wouldn't be. Why not? We already have schools with portals like that. Yeah, but but you also still have schools everywhere else that are you know. Well, yeah, but k- kids go and learn. Yes, and read books and shit like that. But you know if. If they implement a system like that, they have to implement it for the entire public school system. Yeah, which I, which is why I don't think it'll ever, in the foreseeable future, take off like that. Because that's such a huge change that so many people would not be okay with that. And the government's in the end, still a- answers to public opinion. That's something we're talking like, like 70, 80, yeah, 100 years. We're, we're talking future. like... So far down the road that we won't see that. I don't know. How much is it going to cost to get that many VR headsets into all of the homes in Canada? To buy them themselves. The people will. Yeah. So, so when we're so when to, everybody's already on the edge of poverty. To force education, you have to have this headset. That'll never happen. Yeah. The, I'm not there, saying, will, there will always be a right. You go to school, but if you already education. have a very popular social media metaverse, and then. Oh, it's not that big a deal to just put your school into the integrate it into the same system. I think that even it, I think it'd be classes, it would be schools. Even when I was growing up, like as a kid 10 to 15 years ago, I think it wasn't that uncommon to walk into a house and that person didn't own a computer. Yeah. But now everyone has computers. Right. So it'll take even because computers have been around for 40 years now, roughly, sort of, yeah. Home computers? Yeah. So it's going to take roughly that long for a VR headset to be in everybody's houses, and then it's going to take even longer for systems to be put in place. Well, because even now, like you're not required to have a PC to be educated. Yeah. There's still libraries and right museums but, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yes, but the, 
the vast majority of people still utilize the internet for most of their schooling needs. And I, I hear what you're saying. I do. And I, I agree to it. And it, historically, it does take a long time to get those pr- physical products into people's homes. But we also are living in exponential technolo- technological That's age. true as well. Yeah. So the in the past five years, we've had more growth in technology than the past 50. Yeah. So... Things are accelerating a lot quicker than things are yeah. accelerating. But far I, but even, even by your example of like the last forty years of home computers, like we're still not at the point where everyone does. No, e- even in North America, yeah, let alone the world. But you don't so, need a home computer anymore. You have a phone. Not everybody has a little phone. No, but in ten years, if you don't have a smartphone, then... sure. But but the, like but that's still then fifty years to have that kind of you know penetration into the market uh and you're looking and you're and then you're talking of something as advanced and and expensive as like home vr kind of integrated system those setups aren't cheap no they're okay they're not cheap but at the same time how far will that technology have increased in 10 years i mean you take a vr headset now it's clunky it's annoying but if you can just have a a contact lens you put on your eye or something. That's not going to happen. That is so far away. That is, that, that, that's like 80 years away. Yeah. I don't know. That's really far away. Because like, if you're talking contact lens, what's powering that lens? The technology does not even exist on a, in a theory to have yeah, something that battery that small, that. a display that small, those things do, well, aren't even well, close to it. Well, okay, it, it would be like, it would be like, it would be like wireless power, I would assume, for something like that, maybe. But like, how are you going to have that work and yeah. be in your eye that that's so far, okay, so then, far down then, the line. Uh, a pair of glasses, like you know, something between a uh, a Google glasses and you're a just VR talking about like a smaller VR headset. Yeah, yeah. something portable that you can. They'll get in, small in ten years. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Ten years. That, that that that'll be possible. And as, as that as the technology gets better, the price gets lower. So the price gets lower for the lesser form. <laughs> that smaller version that you're describing, yeah, is made by Apple and it costs three times as much. <laughs> but Apple is. Basically, a cult, and people will pay whatever they. But want. also, a Apple, select few of people will pay that. Apple is it's, the trendsetter, and as soon as Apple does something, everybody everyone else, else does. does. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a interesting world we're going to be living in in ten years, whether it be all of our jobs are automated, or we all have VR headsets glued to our skulls, or regardless of what happens. I hope you're still listening to the Modern Rustic when it does. If you have any other questions or concerns, or if you hated everything we just said, <laughs> you can email us at themodernrusticpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up. Where, Zach? On Instagram at Shoot the Modern us. Rustic Podcast. That's it. That's it. Yep. Uh, and leave your comment below of what your avatar in the metaverse would be named. Oh, that's a good one. What would yours be, Mike? Like Mike? I don't even know. That's a hard question. I don't Mike think, and Ike? I had to give some thought. Mike and Spike? Do you have anyone named Spike in your life? No. Uh, I don't know. Zach? Zach. That's a good one. Classic. I love it. Get it early. Get it early. <laughs> gotta sign up for the metaverse now. Buy that it's, domain it's, name, folks. It's like, it's like MMO. You gotta get that name and save it. Level, yeah. level one character. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to do uh, media? I don't have anything. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't have anything either. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next time. Bye.